This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Total Saints Podcast. We're the weekly podcast that attempts its best to delve into all things Saints FC. This week, that's been mainly Cardiff City at home and the rather disappointing loss. Now, whilst Adam and Steve are both on holiday this week, although I'm assured not together, three wise Saints fans and media contributors in their own individual ways, particularly one of them anyway, are with us. In no particular order, first it's the Press Association's Simon Peach, at Simon Peach on Twitter. Secondly, it's Glenn Delacour at League1-10, the owner of League1-10.blogspot.co.uk. And thirdly, it's Freddie from The Ugly Inside at The Ugly Inside. Crikey, I'm worn out already. How are we all doing, guys? Oh, absolutely brilliant after yesterday. <laughs> Very optimistic, Glenn, yeah. How are you doing, Simon? <laughs> Fine, yeah. I mean, it, it isn't great. I still feel like we're on the right path. Bizarrely. And the one positive you said was you haven't watched the game or you didn't watch it, so uh, you, you're not sort of tarnished by it, but like most of us are. I've seen I've seen enough of the highlights to make me think that it wasn't all bad. But maybe <laughs> I was wrong. We'll talk to the guys. And another busy weekend for you, Freddie, trying to get uh, a variety of, I'm assuming, uh, fairly disappointing reactions. Yeah, I think, um, you know, given it 24 hours, I think we're over the worst of it, but... Uh, we were just saying just before we came on on air, if you if you like, I've watched it three times, so perhaps the salts rubbed more in the wounds. 
Yeah, I think so. But uh, there we go. So I was, uh, I, I thought it'd be interesting to have a quick look at the TSP uh, Fantasy League just before we kicked off because I know that both uh, Glenn and uh, Freddie have got teams in there. Simon, I, I don't know for, for some reason you obviously don't want to get the trophy, but you're not in our one. And I couldn't be bothered, as we were just saying there, to look through uh, Tournoir to Twitter, which I know is your league of about 3,000 people to try and find where you were. But I'll join next year. Yeah, all right. That's, that's, the, well, that's that, a deal. At then. least we'll then have some Southampton involvement in the Premier League. So hey, that'll be good. Glenn, you're at 126th position on. Uh, 1,250 points. Admittedly, it's not updated after the Manchester City and Tottenham games today, so I don't know if you had any of uh, those players in your team at all. I think I have Raheem Sterling and Aguero, actually. All oh, right, okay, it, then, so you'll be much higher mm. up, so good. Well, you'll be, you'll be pleased to know, because Leachy's still down in 146th out of 156, I think, so he's uh, he's struggling down there on 1,161, but uh, as for you, Freddie, you're absolutely flying. As I say, before Sunday's updates, you're at 7th on 1,553 points, so uh, clearly focusing the sort of time and effort and commitment that FPL deserves that Adam Leach isn't. Absolutely right, mate. Uh, I had I had a doubly good uh, game week last week. Triple captain Sergio Aguero scored a hat trick. Same here. Well done, good man. He, uh, nice he he scored another hat trick against today, but he was my vice captain uh, this Who did you have as captain? I had Salah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went for Mane actually, so at least he scored. So did yeah. I. I was uh, regretting Aguero, but uh, there we go. Do you know how many points you're on roughly, Si? You're not really that bothered. About 1,500. All right, you're, you're doing well then. The last weeks have brought me up. Good, good. Well, that's important. But this is the important stuff. We don't want to be talking about Saints. This is far more interesting. <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah, we're all doing a bit better in FPL than Saints are in the league, aren't they? Well, before we get on with the uh, podcast, it's uh, very grateful to say that uh, it's time for another shout-out on the Patreon. So we had uh, another couple of people sign up this week, which we're very appreciative uh, of. Firstly, to Justin Woodward. Thanks for signing up, uh, Justin. It's really appreciated. Secondly was uh, John Fisher in San Francisco, actually. So uh, I just want to say a quick thanks to uh, John, firstly, for, for signing up, but then also for your email, John, which I, I did agree with you I was going to read out. So just briefly before we get into the podcast, you, you sent a note saying, Hi, Ben, Adam Steve, thank you for your great work on TSP. My friend Alex Hart and I are immense Saints fans in San Francisco, California, and your production keeps us appraised of the goings-on at St. Mary's and Staplewood. We've been reinvigorated by Ralph Hampton football and are excited for the rest of the season. You'll be pleased to know that actually he sent this in before the Cardiff game. Um, I was wondering if you could encourage my mate Alex Hart to become a patron as well on my shout-out. He'll definitely pitch in if you call him out by name. Ha-ha, keep up the good work, John. So, uh, Alex, there you go. Um, The Gorland be laid down we'll have to wait and see whether you're uh, willing to uh, pick it up but uh, yeah tune in next time for that I guess folks but uh, very much appreciate the email John and uh, yeah thanks for the support but uh, there we go let's move on this is the Total Saints podcast episode 63 sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk happyhottubs.co.uk at happy hot tubs we specialize in hot tubs it's all we've done for 35 years so if you're thinking about a hot tub and want to speak to someone then we're the place for honest clear and friendly advice plus right now we have zero percent available on our hot tubs meaning you can spread the cost in easy payments you deserve happy come and get it at happy hot tubs conditions apply visit happyhottubs.co.uk happyhottubs.co.uk 0% excludes free throw range Saints took on Cardiff City in the Premier League at St Mary's this weekend in what proved to be a bit of a typical performance based on the last few years, somehow throwing it away in injury time to lose 2-1. I, uh, as we were just saying there, Simon, was a little bit despondent last night. I, I didn't want to be Mrs S, to be honest with you, because I was a bit grumpy. But I have taken my five-year-old to see the uh, Lego Movie 2 today, so of course that was awesome. So I am feeling a little bit better. But uh, yeah, in terms of the Saints game and the results, it wasn't really what we needed. It, it wasn't, but I... I did predict that it would happen. 
the hunch is purely based on the fact that obviously the the tragic news about Salah was confirmed in the mm. build-up to the game and the, the unifying effect that would have at the club. I know the majority of the players had no dealings with him, but it will bring everyone together moments like that. Uh, they did well against Bournemouth. And, the, and but from what I've seen of the highlights, and I, I watched the, the lengthier highlights on uh, the Saints website, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch a match today after getting back from London yesterday. And uh, it looks like Saints were on top. The statistics mm. bear that out. They're getting into attacking areas, um, which is, and from what I've seen from the live games and watching from afar, things do seem to be going the right way. But just think about how different things would have been if we'd got that point and the, and the three last weekend. Yeah. There'll be such a different complexion. I feel when I was watching the aftermath, look, I, I was as annoyed as anyone. I got off the tube at King's Cross yesterday and we'd equalised. I fist pumped. By the time I got up the escalator, we'd lost. So. <laughs> I get it. I, I get the annoyance, but the initial reactions I was seeing on Twitter just seemed so over the top. Mm. I understand for those that are there, it's a lot worse than for me, who was on a tube and had just been to a different game. But that was the first time we'd lost this this year. Yep, that's right. Uh, I don't I don't count the derby game because we didn't lose that in normal time. I mean, well, that was the first match we've lost this year. Think about how far we've come yep. from Hasselhoff's first match at Cardiff, where we had no points, no defence, no idea. And now we're actually progressing. Nathan Redmond looks reborn. James Ward-Prowse actually knows, well, he's been told to kick people and he seems to be doing it quite well on top of the other stuff he's done. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be solved. But they've got this break in Tenerife now. I just, I understand the natural reaction, but everything's so reactive now. I just, I just felt it was a little over the top. It changed the, the, whole, di- like the whole view of it, but it's not the end of the world. Saints have shown they can do good things. So just keep the faith, as the marketing people would say. I think that's a really well summarised, uh, Simon. And actually, I, I think Glenn joked on Twitter, didn't you, Glenn, last night about the fact that uh, it was probably lucky we weren't recording last night. And I think, um, you know, the Salah situation does put football into perspective anyway. At, at the end of the day, it's just a game. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, Glenn, we were all disappointed last night, but I think Simon's absolutely right. It is our first defeat of 2019. Yes, it was a big blow, but, you know, we've still got 12 games to go. We've not got one or two, and we're suddenly two wins away from getting out of the relegation zone. It's all very tight, so um, not the end of the world. Uh, no, it's not really the end of the world, but it's um, it was one of those games that when you walked out of the ground, you wanted to kick something or punch something. It was incredibly frustrating uh, because after we equalised, the, the mindset of the players seemed to be, quick, let's get hold of the ball, we can go and win this game. Mm. And I, instead of being calm and just, uh, what do they say, respecting the point, as they seem to say <laughs> these days, <laughs> one of those awful phrases... And I think that got into the mind of uh, Jack Stevens. Um, and so instead of just willying that ball into the crowd like he probably should have done, I think he tried to attempt some sort of a clever pass, gave the ball away, and ultimately we let in the second goal, which was a, a dreadful way to win. But it isn't the end of the world. Um, there is still a long way to go. And we, we will pick up points mm. um, in away games. So it's not as if the home games are the be-all and end-all. Um, I think we, we've shown in the style that we're playing under Ralph that you know when teams come on to us, we will be... We will be slightly better, but uh, but yeah, home games against teams that sit deep, we are going to struggle. Yeah, I've got to say, Freddie, it was interesting. I was I was listening to uh, Soccer Saturday, so Charlie Nicholas was doing the uh, the Saints game, and uh, Jeff Stellan was sort of talking about the end of the game, and Charlie Nicholas said, "Oh, Saints have got a corner," and then you heard him shout out "goal" in the background, and I said to Mrs S because she was sat there reading the paper, so I said, "Oh, I think Saints have scored," because I knew we had a corner, and uh, obviously the goal went in, we went back, and uh, 
Josh Stelling went to him again about 60 seconds later and he said oh Cardiff are up the other end but it's uh, an offside and uh, literally I thought oh great you know here we go we're going to go up for it and, and then I heard him shout goal in the background again and I was like oh my god I think we've just won it this is amazing typical <laughs> Saints style of course it was somehow we'd gone from having a free kick for offside to conceding the goal in about 10 seconds so it was um, yeah I mean obviously a hammer blow and uh, somehow we've lost to Cardiff twice this season I know it's easy not to get pessimistic but a team like that done the double over us I mean, it's, it's just fascinating how Saints can throw away these late goals. I mean, it's two weeks in a row that we've virtually conceded the game by the last kick of the uh, of the football match. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you could even say that Jack Stevens has gone from hero to zero. Some of the people said in our interviews yesterday, like his his mistake, kind of a, a lazy effort to put the ball up up the pitch in the last sort of minute after we score he gives the ball away cheaply and then we're at sixes and sevens trying to desperately kind of hang on cling on to the uh, the draw I mean we would have taken a draw we would have taken a point yep. in the circumstances and you know we would have been fairly satisfied with that but once again I suppose it's our old habits that are letting us down we cannot hang on to a lead mm. and e- even then as you say I mean that would have left us on 25 points Cardiff on 23 even with the draw so yeah and, and I think bearing in mind what happened last week at Burnley Freddie it would have felt like more of a win wouldn't it absolutely you know the statistics say that we were the better side, but if you were there, you were watching it, we certainly weren't. You know, Cardiff had an extra bit of fight about them, obviously, with, due to the circumstances. And they were always going to be up for the fight on, on Saturday. But, uh, you know, I don't think we did enough. There wasn't enough threat going forward at all. You know, obviously, we missed the uh, the threat of, of Danny Ings going forward. Charlie Austin come on towards you and actually made a bit of a difference. But other than that, I mean, to be honest, I tried my best mm. to defend Shane Long in the pub before the game. But <laughs> honestly, it was like flogging a dead horse. I can't believe you were trying to defend him in the pub before the game, let alone after it. But uh, there we go. Though, um, you know, in terms of players for Saints, Glenn, I mean, Freddie makes a great point there about Jack Stevens obviously going from hero to zero. But even then, the winning goal, I mean, there was several chances to clear it. And I mean, it was a bit Sunday league back there yeah. as ever. I mean, to be honest, the first goal was... Uh, quite shambolic with uh, Romeo losing him. I mean, we just do seem to switch off at crucial periods sometimes, don't we? Yeah, I I can't work out what we're doing marking-wise at corners. Mm. Um, I can't work out what we're doing. We had had long throws um, yesterday. Was it Gunnarsson, the Icelandic guy? He he threw in sort of three from from our right wing. And Vestergaard's on the back post. Mm. And I'm thinking, what is what is going on here? He's six foot seven or whatever he is. And he's he stood on the back post and the ball was landing on top of Jan Valery. And it's like, what are we doing? And it, it seems to be the same with corners. We have, you know, the three centre backs seem to line up zonally along the six yard line. And then you've got McCarthy behind them and all the smaller players are marking the massive guys. Mm. And, and the, the first goal came about because I think it was Hoiberg got out jumped and, um, someone else lost a man sort of thing. And the, the, the second goal was, was the shambles. I mean, after Stevens had given the ball away, the cross came in and Bednarik's header didn't go anywhere, um, mm. which is probably the first sort of mistake he's made since he came back into the team. But to me, when I watched that back, I thought, now that header really should have gone further than it did. Um, it was like he mistimed it or something. But there were, and there was an element of fortune about the goal as well, because the, the guy sort of swung a foot at it and it scuffed off his studs and went in just about the only place in the goal where it could have gone. So perfect storm that uh, went against us again I think yeah and I guess Simon reality is that 
even if we've taken three points out of those, I mean, as Steve said last week, the key thing is if you can't win those sort of six pointers, you don't lose them, which obviously we've done against Cardiff. But, you know, on reflection now, two points out of nine from those three games. It could have been five if we won at Burnley and drawn yesterday. It could have been seven if we beaten Burnley and Cardiff. So two out of nine isn't great when you're, you're sort of playing the teams around you, really. Yeah, I mean, as much as I was saying earlier that I'm trying to stay philosophical, it, that you're, you're right, that yeah. isn't good enough. But we, we have made up for it with other performances. I was at Leicester and there was actually a semblance of defensive coherence, which, mm. I mean, I've not seen for a while. Look, we've kept one clean sheet in our last 16 Premier League games. Yep. That isn't good enough. Uh, and we need to shore that up. And Hasbro always going to be drilling the sides in Tenerife. Uh, and I would hate to be the defenders because they're going to get mm. a, t- a torrid time. Um, mm. But I, I feel like the, the components, I was going to say the components are there. I'm not even sure they are. I'm not I'm not sure the defence is good enough. I think we've left ourselves a little bit weak on the right-hand side. I thought Valerie did good mm-hmm. yesterday from what I've seen. He um, was our best player, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's what it looked like. But obviously, I didn't see the full thing. So, I'm a bit reluctant to look beneath him. Uh, I'd, I'd like a bit more experience there as much as I despise Cedric towards the end. It's just a very, it's a very strange scenario. Look, the, the positive is Saints have got a game next up, which is a free hit, in my opinion, away a, a big side. Yeah. But then you've got Fulham at home. Now Saints have struggled to break down sides that sit back. Uh, Fulham are too stupid, and they will come out. I watched them yesterday, and Maxime Le Marchand was one of the worst. That was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen in the Premier League, and I've watched Wesley Hoot a lot. <laughs> Um, uh, it was it was dreadful and they don't have the options to move that defence around and I don't know how Claudio Ranieri is going to change out so I wouldn't be surprised if we get four points out of the next two games and that will change the complexion again it will do. I like your optimism. I, I, I guess the other thing, Freddie, and you obviously did your preview um, before the Cardiff game, is we, we kind of knew Cardiff were going to sit in there and make it tough for us to break them down, didn't we? So were you a little bit surprised that you sort of stuck with the, the back five? I know you had Bertrand coming back in, which obviously it will take him time to get up to speed because, to my knowledge, he's played no competitive football. He's just played sort of in the training 11 versus 11s. You know, he's not even played for the under-23s. But also then sort of having Romeo in the side. So essentially you've got really six defensive players against the team that are sitting back for most of the game. Yeah, one thing for sure, I, I don't think Bertrand did enough to maybe warrant a first-team place uh, in, in the game on Saturday. And also maybe questions to be asked, where was Stuart Armstrong at the weekend? Was he injured? I believe I believe Adam Blackmore said that he'd had a niggle in training and was uh, out for this week, yeah. All right, well, there, there, there goes an option then, I suppose. You know, Armstrong had the uh, has the ability to get forward to make a difference. He scored quite a few goals over the season as well. But Bertrand, I don't think he was quite fit enough. Maybe he should have started target, replaced him for Bertrand towards the last half an hour or so and then given a bit, bit of extra bite. Mm. And actually, to be fair, maybe the... Like you say, the, the the first team, the selection was a little bit too negative. You know, we always knew that Cardiff was going to sit back, sit deep. They've only won one game away from home this season, mm. um, obviously before the weekend and that. But, uh, you know, we, we always knew what, what we were going to expect from them. So perhaps we should have been a bit more expressive. You know, we should have actually took the game to Cardiff a little bit more and, mm. you know, start, start with Shane Long at top, honestly. <laughs> you're not you're not a fan Freddie are you clearly but uh, like, I, I mean the other thing as well Glenn I mean look we all love Ralph and I think uh, it was uh, you know I felt really quite emotional last night listening to him in his interview because he was clearly pretty despondent and we'll be hearing from him in a minute but I guess the other thing was you know we gave Pellegrino a lot of criticism because he wasn't impacting games as a manager now it's, I, I don't know if, if it's fair to blame 
Hasenhutl, but he didn't make any subs yesterday until the 72nd minute. We were already 1-0 down yeah. by that stage, so he kind of reacted to it, where I think lots of us could see, even at half-time, that it wasn't really working with the likes of Long. So, I, again, I don't want to be unfair on Ralph, because he has done a ma- you know, magnificent job of turning the club around, but for me, that was the first sort of sign of maybe a bit of an error or mistake by him, that he didn't sort of make the first move to really try and win the game. Yeah, I think, I think he had a bad one. Uh, yesterday, to be honest, and and it is the first time where I've kind of thought that. Um, I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but no one else is going to blow it for me. <laughs> um, I I, um, I put a tweet out as soon as I saw the team, um, and I just said Shane Long up front on his own against a mass defence. This isn't going to work. Mm. And that's I mean Shane. To be fair, he did start the game well. He did he did the minute silence well and the, and the huddle. <laughs> he did he did those really well. Um, but when 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 the actual football started, he, he struggled a little bit. Yeah. Um, and in the second half, he, he just looked like a guy waiting to be put out of his misery. Mm. Um, it, like, it's almost like every time the whistle went, he was looking across at the bench. Can I come off now? It, it was almost like that. And I, I was, I was staggered. He stayed on for seventy-two minutes because he, he wasn't doing anything. There was, a, you know, even with him and Redmond up front, there was kind of a lack of movement. The, the amount of times we had the ball on our right hand side with Valerie or Bednarek or whoever, and there was no one making that run from the, the middle of the pitch out to the right-hand side to receive it. So then, you know, the, the two of them just seemed to be too close to each other, and th- there just wasn't enough movement to move Cardiff around. And, yeah, that, that, that seemed to go on for far too long. And Ralph didn't seem to, um, like you say, he didn't seem to react to what was what looked pretty obvious. I mean, he knows more than I do, obviously. But mm. I, don't, I think when he looks at himself, he won't, he, he won't think he did a fantastic job himself at the game yesterday. Well, Ralph, as I said, was obviously disappointed. He gave his thoughts afterwards via SouthamptonFC.com. He spoke about the defeat, the end of the unbeaten 2019 run, and also lifting squad spirits on the club's trip to Tenerife. It's um, very simple. They shot three times on our goal and made two goals. And we had not that many chances, but more than Cardiff and scored only once. And if you make the equaliser in the overtime, you have to take minimum one point. And that would help us a lot for the mentality, for the atmosphere, for the feeling, for the future, for everything. And what we did now was to to roll a big stone in our way. Yeah? And that to remove uh, will take a lot of time. But I think uh, all the positive run uh, shows only one thing, that if you are not 100% uh, uh, concentrated till, till the end, you have no chance to, to take points in the Premier League. And so uh, I think you can speak about development, tactical or something like that. It's nice, but it doesn't interest me because uh, the only thing that is interesting is are the results. And um, after two draws, there was a big chance today against the direct opponent. We didn't take it, and that means that it is more difficult now. I think uh, the atmosphere would change completely now because we are we are very disappointed about the last game. I think tomorrow, if you wake up, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's more horrible than now uh, because then you realize what you what you have given away here. And and I think uh, I tell you, it would be really difficult to to bring the heads up again. But I guarantee you, we will try everything to to bring us in shape, back in shape again. This was a brutal defeat for us, but. Um, it's still a long way to go. 
Simon, I feel for Ralph, as I sort of mentioned earlier, it's, uh, you know, clearly he was very down after the game yesterday. It's, it's important, really, as the, the linchpin within the club that he can get spirits lifted again and, and really try and get the, the most out of the players in, in Tenerife, because I, I imagine it must be quite frustrating for him to have put all the effort in that he has over the last few weeks. And as you said, there's been real evident signs of going in the right direction. But the fact is, you know, we are where we started with him, which is back in the relegation zone. Yeah, that's because other other teams have improved around us as mm. well. Um I, d- I do think that he's got the force of personality, and, and from speaking to to the players that are in the dressing room, uh, they they all speak glowingly about him and his impact and his thoughts. His <laughs> I was going to say his philosophy. It's not really a philosophy if you're just training people how to defend set pieces. Look, I know that didn't go great yesterday, mm. but there is a change in mentality, and you're going to have you're going to have ups and downs. You've got the quality of players that Southampton have in certain positions. It's not like Manchester United where a new manager comes in and goes oh, look, I'm going to start playing Paul Pogba. We don't have that option. We're playing kids. Uh, we haven't made signings, which, while disappointed in some areas, I would also rather have the right signings because I think we all remember Guido Carrillo, or maybe we don't, which is more more to the point. <laughs> um, the players will be apprehensive about seeing him again. The first time they saw Ralph Hasnett, or whether that was today, I wasn't sure whether they came in on Sunday uh, for any kind of session or, or whether they had to straight up to Tenerife. But when they first see him, they will be apprehensive because he will surely be tearing a strip off them mm. from that interview after the game uh, those interviews he was not a happy bunny and who can blame him because mm. that was dreadful that jack stevens hero to zero thing was exactly that i have no idea why he didn't put out a plate it was like me at seven aside this morning and it cost me a goal but no one was watching <laughs> um, like i just it just it baffles me uh, but i think he has kind of settled upon the right defense now and like england in the summer if you don't have two outstanding centre-backs, well, three isn't a bad option because it can cover the, the lack of quality in some of the others and you've got the full-backs providing width. So I, I think it's the right system. I, I just think there needs a bit more work on it. Yeah. Up top, Freddie. Obviously, Danny Ings was uh, injured at Burnley last weekend. It looks like he may, you know, hopefully be back for the Arsenal game, but if not, the uh, the Fulham game if he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. But again, someone that Shane Longerside gives us something very different up front and, uh, you know, frustrating for him and the, the fans to be injured again. Yeah, well, I tried, like I said, I, I tried my best to defend as much as I could to Shane Long before the match. You know, he offers something different going forward, pressing the uh, the defenders into mistakes, you know, perhaps running out wide and, and, and releasing the overlapping run. But we didn't see much of that at all on um, on Saturday at all. And, you know, I think we, we, obviously we missed Danny Ings and perhaps there are questions to be asked whether the, uh, you know, the obligation in the summer is actually going to go ahead. Uh, perhaps we can speculate about whether it is going to be uh, based on appearances, goals, Etc. Etc. But for me, you know, Shane Long doesn't score enough goals, and you know, perhaps we were over over reliant on Danny Ings to score goals, and perhaps uh, you know, Charlie Austin ha- has fallen out of favour. You know, he, he, to be fair to Charlie, actually he came on, uh, provided the flick on at the near post, and let's say both teams actually at the weekend were guilty of exactly the same mistakes for both of the corners. Mm. Charlie Austin got the nod on. Uh, found Jack Stevens on the far post and, you know, half an hour before that, Bamba finds himself uh, free on the back post after Romeo and Hoiberg have their backs to the ball when the ball's crossed in. Can I just can I just go say on the, on the Ings thing? Well, I was going to ask you actually while you're here. Yeah, yeah. What, do you know, what do you know of it, say? So? Well, from what I was told when he arrived was the obligation was just that. And it was more of a smart accounting to put the money on next year's books rather mm-hmm. than this one that was kind of how it was told to me because as much as Southampton sold Virgil van Dijk for 75 million pounds they've 
spunked a lot of that on a lot of useless players or clearing up the messes they already had. I do have reservations about Danny Ings. I think he's mm. a, our best attacker, but at the same time, he breaks down a lot. Maybe that's because he didn't have a full preseason with a club and it's a change of style system. I, I'm not sure, but there, there is that big question mark over him. And But yeah, as I said, I, I think it will be an obligation. Yeah, fair enough. And it will happen. Yeah. Glenn, I was just going to ask your opinion just quickly on uh, Danny Ings where we got him. Because I, I guess there is that fine line. You know, he's a he's a Saints lad. He's one of us. He wants to run around with a badge on his uh, chest and stick the balls in the back of the net for us. But there is that injury concern. And as Stephen and I were sort of mentioning last week, you know, the manager since changed. He was very much someone that Mark Hughes wanted to bring in. We, d- we don't have any guarantee that Hasenhutl would want to use him long term. I imagine he will do if he's at the club. But... Assuming that the obligation is there, I mean, I guess he's a player that we want to sign in the summer to try and hopefully come over the injuries and try and add some goals next season, whichever league we may end up in. I'd rather have Danny Ings on one leg than Long and Austin, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, because Which is ironic, you know, that probably is how many legs he's got fit, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's more likely to score from his hospital bed than Long on the edge of the penalty area. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not feeling honest. a lot of love for Shane Long. On the I just, no, well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give Shane Long some love because I, I, when I see him as the the solitary striker, I worry. When he, he is with someone else, he is a pain in the ass, and he's mm. brilliant at it. And he's, he doesn't. He is a scorer striker. He's the Paul Dickov. He's the Brett Ormerod. He doesn't score goals. He's just a pain. Yeah. He shouldn't be called but, a striker. He should just be called a distraction. Yeah, he, <laughs> he is. Remember he him is. and Sadio Mane? It was brilliant. Like. They just be yeah. just like setting the, letting the dogs off on them, and they'd panic, and you'd beat Arsenal four 0 and even Cooper Martina would score. <laughs> yeah, those I are was, the days. I was arguing with someone or discussing. Uh, you surprised me. On, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on um, on Twitter about someone said Shane Shane Long played in the team that finished sixth. Yeah, but we had a really good team around him, mm. and they kind of brought him up to a. You know, it's e- it's easier to to look good up front if you've got Graziano Pella taking markers away or you've got Mane terrorising people with pace and stuff like that. Playing as a lone striker, just no. Having said that, I, I think yesterday's game was completely wrong for him because of the way Cardiff were going to play. Um, against Arsenal away in the next game, I wouldn't have too much of a problem if he plays the same, you know, if he plays in that one because it'll, it'll be like Leicester away where hopefully he'll find some space in behind and, you know, and can exploit that. But he's, he's not a good enough player to play when he doesn't have the space to use his pace, which is his main asset. Yeah. Um, that's it at the end of the day. Just briefly, Simon, then, you mentioned the um, transfer window there. Were you, were you surprised that Saints didn't do more? I know that, that uh, there was a lot of chat around trying to get players in that were only going to be suitable for the longer term and that sort of thing. But bearing in mind, you know, we did let the experience of Davis, Gabbiadini, Cedric, Hoyt for whatever their qualities are on the pitch. You know, they've all got experience and we've not replaced any of them. So, you know, we are looking pretty thin now for the rest of the season bearing in mind the confidence that seems to be around as well it's a funny one because I think well one you've got to trust in Hasselhoff and everything he's done up until that point uh, he wanted to work with a smaller squad and the players he got rid of look Davis wasn't going to fit who was, was yeah <laughs> and went to Grave Cottage yesterday getting flashbacks of his uh, performance there the players that got the Saints got rid of weren't I don't think you're going to make a big difference. Maybe Gabbiadini, given the Ings' injury issues, Austin's injury issues, Obafemi's out, and then you've got Shane Long. So that is the only one I'd question in terms of why haven't you then replaced them? Mm. Uh, and then why haven't you gone after a right-back? If you're letting Cedric go on loan for €500,000, I think it was in the end, mm. with 
And it wasn't an obligation, it's an option. So yeah. Inter Milan have got a player for a, a Euro 2016 winner, whatever we might think of him, for nothing. And then he'll be on a year left in his contract, which he will not be extending. Mm. Uh, so that was a bit of a peculiar one for me, even though his character wasn't great from what I understand. It wasn't the kind of character you want in the dressing room. I'm trying to be uh, safe with the way I yeah, yeah. describe that. That's fine. Um, and that's from former teammates and, and people around the club. So, look, as a fan, I wanted Saints to get a striker. As a fan, I wanted us to get a right back. Someone like Kevin and Babu, uh, young boys who I've had seen a couple of times yeah, you've been going this, on about him. this season. He's great. Yeah, It'll be five, six, seven million euros, maybe up to 10, but he is worth it. It's like, I don't, he's good. Che Adams, I mean, I, I'm, I'm wondering if we dodged a bullet there. That's the only thing I would say, because I was speaking to someone who was his manager um, and he wasn't very complimentary about when they worked together, mm. about his attitude. Uh, and he back, put him in the same bracket as another player who's now in non-league in terms of attitude. So maybe there has been a stark improvement. So I'm glad that Saints didn't rush into anything, but at the same time, you'd like to have thought they brought in a manager, a manager who has spoken openly about wanting to improve the squad if options were available, and they haven't managed to get that over the line, which is a, a concern. Freddie, from your point of view, I know the last time we spoke was before the Everton game, which was sort of mid-window. So, uh, again, just to finish off on the uh, transfer window, it's easy to dwell on it when you've just lost the game. But uh, I assume much the same disappointment that we didn't at least bring some quality in. Yeah, I think I think so. One one thing I actually want to ask Simon, um, do, do you know much about um, Michael Obafemi? You know, there's been a lot of chat about him. Ralph actually sort of admitted he needs to improve his attitude, his professionalism off the pitch. But he's, you know, I suppose he's been injured now for the last sort of four or five weeks. So Obafemi can be an option, but I suppose as as for the transfers, there was a clamour for a, a striker and, and a clamour for a defender. Mm. Yeah, with, with Obafemi. I can't say I have heard that much about his attitude. Um, maybe that's because at the time that he was playing regularly, there was a lot of other people whose attitude was being questioned more vociferously. Um, I like what I've seen from him so far, but um, and I, it's, it's strange that we're going to be relying on this kid coming back because I haven't seen enough of Sam Gallagher yet to make me think that he's going to be the answer. Um, and his kind of his pace and energy is what Hassan Huttle likes from by the looks of things. Mm. Sam Gallagher is an interesting one, isn't he? Because he's hardly played. He gets five minutes here and there. Um, he played a bit in that cup game we lost to Derby and wasn't great because that was his first game back after injury. I don't understand why he's not given more of a go. Um, he's the only one, he's the only striker we've got who's fit at the moment who is going to have any chance of improving with a run of games or with coaching because Long and Austin are not going to improve. Mm. Um, and with our sort of intent to um, play the younger players. I don't understand quite why he hasn't been given more of a go. I think if we played him up front um, from the start yesterday, we at least would have had an option of trying to put their defence under pressure in the air, which we just we didn't have that option either yesterday. He has looked good when he's been on loan at championship clubs. Yeah. Um, and there was obviously championship interest in him again. Uh, this, so to, to keep him must mean that Ralph hasn't at all thinks there is something about him. Mm. But he hasn't scored a Premier League goal in five years now. No, um, it was about on... eight minutes, hasn't he? <laughs> well, but, but <laughs> it, it, it became an ongoing joke when I used to cover Southampton week in, week out, that I'd always ask about him and his whereabouts to like Ronald Koeman, because obviously he, he was just left to rot, really, by him. 
Um, yeah. And he hasn't progressed anywhere near as much as I'd like to see. So it'll be interesting to see, as you say, with, with the other attacking options out injured at the moment or just not fitting what Hasnett likes, for example, Austin, whether he can get into him in Tenerife on this, on this break and, I don't know. Maybe he can be the answer, but I mean, we are we are clutching a little bit. Mm. Yes, we are. Or yeah. I am, so I should say. Seventeen and seventy-five. He scored for uh, Blackburn and Birmingham. Just looking up here in the championship. There we go. Hasenhutl did say there would be changes, so you never know. Um, the other thing, then, Freddie, just to, to sort of finish it. It does sound negative, but I just want to pick up on it. As you mentioned earlier on, Saints have now conceded five goals uh, on ninety minutes or later this season, which has cost them six points. So you know, again, you look at those six points, and uh, most of them have been pretty sloppy. You think of Maguire's deflection and the penalty last week, and then yesterday's, etc., etc. I mean, six points would make life a lot. You'd, you'd almost be safe to a certain extent if you had those points crikey mate you know i think there's also um there's a record that we've we've considered 17 points from winning positions this season mm. albeit you know most of it is under mark hughes but as you say five goals in stoppage time <laughs> it's unbelievable to just even even just <laughs> think about that you know why cannot Saints see out a football match? I, I, don't, I don't get it. But the thing is, you know, there's, there's. I mean, you think of Sigurdsson's one. That was then pandemonium for the last sort of three, four minutes. We could have got, you know, draw or loss out of that one. But the thing is, I think as fans, all of us are, you, you know, you're nervous. You, you can tell that the players sort of, it's in their minds. You, you know, again, the confidence, the mentality. Adam's spoken a lot about them being sort of mentally frail the last couple of years. So, I mean, none of us seem to relax until that final whistle goes. And nine times out of ten, we're normally uh, got a head in our hands by that stage. Well, for the most part, we're, we're clinging on to the edge of our seats, you know. And actually, to be fair, there was a mass exodus once again, once that second goal from Cardiff was uh, was was put in uh, on, on Saturday. But, you know, even even at sort of one nil, we still wasn't entirely sure that we could get an equaliser, um, you know, against Cardiff. But something seriously needs to happen. I, I still think that the mentality of the players are, are still quite fragile. And, and, and to, to even example that once again at the weekend, you know, Stevens within 90 seconds... Yep. of perhaps snatching a point uh, would have been satisfied with that. The, the Southampton way, isn't it? But there we go. Mm. Just briefly then, Glenn, looking ahead. So the next five games for Saints, as Simon said there, a bit of a free hit, maybe Arsenal away. We then got Fulham at home, but I noticed Fulham have got two days extra rest because they play on the Friday and we're at Arsenal on the Sunday. So that's not particularly good news either. Man United away, Tottenham at home, Watford away. So it certainly doesn't get any easier now, does it? 15 points, mate. No worries. <laughs> that's that's like you to be optimistic. <laughs> I can't think of it. You, you've got to be optimistic. Otherwise, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, going back to the late goals thing, I always go mad at the people who leave on 85 minutes, but maybe they've got the right idea. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we should all just leave on yeah. 80 minutes and let the players get on with it. Yeah. Go and have a pint or something. They, they all but, think uh, we're on about 52 points, those people that have left. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Bliss, blissful ignorance. Yeah. I guess the one positive, though, I was just going to say of those five fixtures is that some of those teams will actually attack Saints. And as Simon said yes. there, the likes of Fulham will come out, which hopefully, bearing in mind we do struggle against teams that sit deep, may give us, I'm a bit like Simon here, clutching at straws, but might actually give us a bit more of an opportunity to pick up some uh, goals, points, whatever. Well, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we can get something at Arsenal. Mm. Um, so I, don't, I don't think they're fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. Fulham, obviously, is, a, is, is the must-win game. Um, oh, you've said it, Glenn. Hang on. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it is. Um, Man United away, not much chance there. The way they're no, don't be moment. like that. Be <laughs> well, Simon can get all the intel. Yeah. I'll put some laxatives in the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Spurs at, Spurs at home, we never seem to get anything out of Spurs, do we? And they'll have um, Kane and Ali and all those sort of luck back by them as well. Yeah, they? So, yeah. yeah. And um, it's remarkable. What, yeah, I mean, what for the way is doable, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, um, I think that's just going to be the way of it. We, you know, I think most people expected us to win, um, win yesterday. And we didn't, but then not many people would have put us down to beat Arsenal at home. So I think that's going to be the way of it for the rest of the season. I don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to line up all the fixtures and say we're going to get three points from that, one point from that, and, mm. and we'll end up on 38, and that'll be fine. I just don't think it's going to be like that. I think we have to remember as well, two teams have gone, haven't they? Huddersfield and Fulham have gone. Yeah. Um, so basically, we've only got to finish above one more team. Cardiff are still going to be down there. So mm. are Brighton. Mm. Brighton are dreadful. Um, uh, you know, and it's, I don't know, I think they're about th- it's three points ahead of us, is it? Yeah, and we've still got to go there and we've still got to go to Newcastle. They're big games as well, aren't they? Yeah. Just got to finish above one more team. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was thinking earlier, Freddie, I mean, there's still, as we said, 12 games to go, 36 points. Saints are on 24 points. What do you reckon they need? Probably 38 to there or thereabouts be safe, something like that, maybe a little bit more. So, you know, that's, that's not even half of those points. And I appreciate we've still got to pay some big boys, but reality is, if you can get, three, four wins possibly. I know we won five games all season, but it's still very much achievable. I mean, there's, you know, as Simon said, there's been a lot of demon gloom. We always have our certain element of keyboard warriors that are uh, depressed mm. after every game, even when we win. But the reality <laughs> is that, uh, you know, it's still very much in our hands to a certain extent if we really want to fight for it. Yeah, I think the consolation is at the moment that, you know, there's still only one point between us and Cardiff who are outside the drop zone and still only three points between us and Brighton who are 13th or Crystal Palace who are 13th as well. Yeah. But I think it is fair to say you know, there's going to be more twists and turns and more ups and downs and roller coasters till the end of the season. And to be honest, chaps, I, I done a, I sort of a, had a bit of free time this afternoon. I done myself a Premier League predictor, and optimistically, Uh-oh. I uh, we won the league. I, I, well, yeah, of course we did. We won every <laughs> single game until the end of the season. But but no, I actually had Saints to perhaps realistically finish on around 37 points, and that would have left us safe. But the huge fixtures that will be coming up, obviously Fulham at home, Newcastle mm. away. West Ham away could even be uh, a decider mm-hmm. and Huddersfield at home could be a uh, point to be saved there. But I think, to be honest, chaps, the uh, the pressure's on now uh, for, mm. for Saints. You know, we've got a couple of difficult uh, set of games against Arsenal, United, Spurs all to come. So is it realistic to say a target is four points over the next five games? You never know with Saints. I think that's the thing. The one predictable thing about Saints is they're unpredictable. But uh, look, just finally then, Simon, before we uh, we get your predictions on the, the three of you, whether they will stay up, no game next week going to Tenerife, Simon. Do you think that's actually come at the right time now for all the aforementioned reasons um, that we can get out there and start to get a bit more of a, of a strategy and a plan back? Or do you think actually the best way to overcome defeats like yesterday is to get back out on the pitch as soon as possible? You hear both, don't you, from people in football? I mean, my personal opinion is given the way that Ralph has a philosophy that he's trying to put into the into the players I think this break is really handy I, I love the cup I'd love us to in my lifetime win a major competition mm. but we reached the semi-finals of the FA Cup last season and it felt like no, no one really cared did they it was just the sideshow yep. towards a, a dreadful season so in a way I'm glad we didn't go out in disgrace but we're out and we can focus on, on the bread and butter for this season, because I do think brighter times lie ahead. I think the powers that be have realised that Mark Hughes was, I, I said this from the start, he should never have got the job in the summer on a permanent basis. Didn't do enough, uh, but he got it anyway. And too many bad signings, but they've shifted those bad signings out, even if it is temporarily. They've got a lot of millstones around the neck still uh, if they come back from loan in the summer. Mm. But there is that positivity. And with the, the, the need to, to make amends, I think the players will be 
doubly determined to to get down and knuckle down and come back with a bang. And, and, and the other guys, I, I really don't think it's beyond the realms to get something at Arsenal. We did well at Arsenal last year and we lost narrowly. Uh, and we have Mark Hughes as manager and Wesley Hoot in defence. So, yeah, I think it's come at the right time, and I think there will be. I think we'll see the benefits. Can I add one more thing on that, Mark Hughes? Really. Actually, yeah. um, obviously, I think I think his appointment was a novelty. You know, he, he gave us the uh, I suppose the feel good factor as well, but. We invested so much into him that his face is all over February's uh, calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you not changed the picture? Yet? No, I, 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 have, have I haven't have got a colour printer. I can't. I can't print out a Hasn't Hill picture. I can't stick it up on the wall. I know. Who's on March? Out of interest. Uh, <laughs> Probably will be, won't it? Yeah. Just while Freddie's looking that up, then. In a way. Fraser Foster, maybe. <laughs> Fraser Foster. Right, yeah. Hang on. I'll be. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, in a word, then, Glenn. Saints will stay up. Yeah, Good. yeah, no worries. I, I, you know, if you just ignore the league position for a second and just look at the way that we have generally been playing and the the positivity that's around, um, yes, I think we'll stay out. Good stuff. All right, Simon, Freddie's still looking up. He's on March, so we need to keep chatting here. So, uh, what <laughs> what do you reckon? I, I agree. It's such a strange way of phrasing it, but it's just, I, I feel the same. Don't look at the fact that we're 18th in the table. Mm. Uh, which we were when Hazard arrived. I, I, I do think we'll stay up. Um, I think we've all seen enough from the club uh, and the side rather to to think that. Good. So news just in: uh, <laughs> March's uh, uh, picture is Cedric, Hoot, and Romeo. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you couldn't write it, could you? <laughs> right. Just to finish, then, Freddie. We got two yeses to stay up. I'm definitely going to chuck my hat into the ring, which will probably be the kiss of fate. So, of course, we're going to stay up. So. Uh, you going to uh, clean sweep it? Yes, absolutely. Um, believe in the manager. Believe in the uh, the process. You know, like I said, there's going to be more twists and turns, more ups and downs of roller coaster. You know, hopefully this season, you know, we actually do it off our own backs rather than relying on uh, three other worst teams. All right, perfect. Simon, you got one more thing to add? Look, yesterday was a bad day on the field, and what we really didn't need afterwards was to focus on some mindless idiots making gestures. We all make inappropriate remarks now and again, but I don't care how much you drink, you shouldn't be making aeroplane signs in a situation like that. I, I, it's just, it, it's beyond the pale, and I'm glad to see Southampton have acted quickly. There may be some kind of excuse, I, I don't know, but come on, guys, let, let's let's rise above it. One of the best things about Southampton is, as much as we have a few keyboard warriors, the fans are great, mm. and they're level-headed, they've they support the club through thick and thin. We just don't need that casting of shadow because that's all I was asked about today and last night on the way back was, did you hear about those fans? Yeah, I, I did, and it's it's a disgrace. Do you know what? Well said, Simon, and I wasn't even going to give them any airtime because they didn't deserve it, but you're absolutely uh, spot on. I think 99.99% of us, um, absolutely total respect for Salah and his family and his friends, and uh, I was absolutely disgusted like you to see it, and all I can do is echo what you said, which is hopefully Southampton Football Club will ban them from St Mary's forever. Ben, one little story about the the Salah thing. Um, I sit in the family bit, and there were five empty seats next to me right up until that minute silence started. And a group of kids came in, and they can't have been any more than five or six years old. And I thought, the minute silence about to start, this this could be awful. And to be fair, everyone stood up, everyone was quiet. These five little kids just kept quiet right the way through. It was like they instinctively knew how to behave. Mm. The adult who was looking after them was nowhere to be seen. He was sat a couple of rows back. 
but these these five kids were absolutely brilliant um and so it just makes you think if if little kids know how to behave what is the problem with these people who think they're big and clever to do that sort of stuff it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous Sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk. Thanks for listening this week. Appreciate it's probably been tough, but we'll try our best as ever to put some perspective and to try and be optimistic for what the future may hold. Bill Shankly once said, Some people think football is a matter of life and death. I assure you it's much more important than that. Do you know what? Losing did hurt yesterday, a lot, but it doesn't hurt anywhere near as much as Salah's friends and family will be hurting. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Thanks to Simon, Glenn and Freddie for their time and their thoughts. Don't forget you can find Simon's views via the Press Association, Glenn's wonderful blogs with a few extreme words on league1-10.blogspot.co.uk and all Freddie's hard work and creativity via at the ugly inside and fansnetwork.co.uk. We'll catch you next time on Total Saints Podcast. Until then, keep marching in. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.